We are the Bride Radio is the voice of the true Bride of Christ. Stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other hold up each other's arms and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon coming king awaits. This is a WATV disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are The Bride Ministries, We Are The Bride Radio, or We Are The Bride Television. Thank you. Hey, Bride. We are going to finish our book of Esther. I haven't been able to go live with you. Uh, much lately because I've been so busy. But today we are going to finish the book of Esther. Alright, so I think we finished uh, let's see, was it Esther? I think it was Esther 6 is where we finished last time. So let me go to Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Let me get my Bible over here and go to Esther. I tell you, I love these BAM in-your-face devil Bible studies. Now, it's Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Oh, okay, so I did finish six, so we are going to uh, chapter seven. All right, thank you, Jesus. Hey, to all of you ministries out there that do not know, um, YouTube has got some changes coming on uh, December 10th, and they may be taking down the Christian voice. So a lot of ministries are taking their uh, videos off of YouTube, and you know, for me, I'm like crying because I have thousands on there. I have a few YouTube channels, so you need to check it out. Go to your email and check your uh, notice that you received from them. All right. Okay, so let's go in our Bibles over to Ezra, and let's pray. I mean, not Ezra, but Esther. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time today, Lord. 
and we thank you for the opportunity to read your word and to study your word and lord in the beginning when we started this in 2018 we asked you to please take us back in time let us live the word let us experience it uh, in the old testament and how does it relate to us today and we're asking you to do the same thing again lord so we thank you for the word of god so lord speak to us today in jesus name amen okay so we're going to talk we're going to start with chapter seven of esther now where are we at so far okay the king um, had a wife and she disrespected him and so the court told him you just need to find another wife or she will bring ruin to the kingdom because then the women will start disrespecting the husbands whatnot so he turns around he divorces her and then they put out a search for this new queen so Esther is an orphan who is living with um, her uncle Mordecai and he pushed her in to try out for this queen position. Now, how many of us in today's times can relate to Esther? You know, she was an orphan, she was of low status, and then for her to even try, to even try for such a position uh, had to be very scary. So she goes in there and then this guy gets jealous, Haman, and he tries to go against Mordecai and Esther and destroy the Jews. So uh, Mordecai tells Esther, listen, uh, you need to go before the king. You need to fight for your people. And she's like, me? She's like, who am I? And she's like, you know, people get killed for going before the king. And he's like, do you think you're better than any other Jew out here that's going to be killed? And that'll speak a lot with the Kanye situation going on no one in the kingdom bride is better than anybody else let me just tell you that so uh so she said okay well if i die i die just tell everybody to fast for so many days and i'm gonna fast too and all my little court here and we'll see what happens so she goes before the king god gives her favor and the king rolls out the red carpet and says whatever you want my queen i'll give you up to half the kingdom and she said just come to dinner tonight so you and Haman, so they come to dinner that night, and I told y'all when we was reading that part, I said, can you imagine Haman, the way he is with his pride, going around telling everybody, I had lunch with the king and the queen, and I'm so much better than everybody else, and sure enough, we kept on reading that, it, reading, and that is what he said. So then they come back, a lot of things happen the next day, before the second night of the dinner because uh, Mordecai, he was wanting to hang Mordecai. And so uh, he prepared these gallows and all this. Well, at the same time that he's plotting to kill Mordecai, God speaks to the king and reminds him of what uh, Mordecai has done for him. So he asked his servants, have I blessed this man for what he did for saving my kingdom? And they're like, no, you haven't. So in walks Haman. Now remember, Haman has this secret plot that he wants to kill uh, Mordecai. So he walks in there all, you know, high and mighty and puffed up. And the king says, what would you do to someone that you really want to bless and whatnot? So Haman is sitting here thinking, oh, this is going to be me. 
So I would do it like this. I would roll them through on a horse and have them in your garments and tell everybody they're great and blah, blah, blah. And so the king says, do it unto Mordecai. Mordecai saved my life and I want to bless him. So he had to swallow his pride and do it. He had to go out in the streets and do it to his very enemy that he was plotting against. So let's see what happens from here, bride. We're on chapter 7. You know I read the King James Version. All right, here we go, chapter 7. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day of the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted unto thee, what is your request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But had we been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I would have held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the kingdom's damage, the king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he and where is he that does presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, An adversary and enemy is this wicked man, Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from his banquet of wine and his wrath, went into the palace garden, and Haman stood up to make request for his life with Esther. The queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine, and Haman was fallen on the bed where Esther was. Then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in my house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbana, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows, fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Now, bride, how many of us have been through that with Haman's in our lives? I'll give you one example. I was in Washington. And uh, the Lord had told me, for I went to prepare this document for the king, which is for uh, the president. So I prepared it, and I felt like God lined me up with this man. So I give him the thing to give to the president, which, which was this plan for his 2020 campaign, basically. So uh, he invites me to this meeting, and they want to know all this stuff. And come to find out, this guy turns around and uses it for himself and gets all the glory and leaves me out here, you know, without or whatnot. So I said, well, that is a, it's a modern day Haman. So Lord, I'm your Esther. So I'm trusting you to take care of Haman. See, this is the thing. We have to trust God with the vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So if any of us out there right now have Haman's in your life, and we've held on to this bitterness and anger because we've been done wrong. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, 
we release those Hamans to the Lord. God's vengeance and justice is much better than what we could ever do. Amen. So let's go on to chapter 8. So on that day did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman the Jews' enemy unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what was done to her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spake yet again before the king, and fell down at his feet, and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agatite, and his device that he had devised against the Jews. Then the king held out the golden scepter towards Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it please the king, if I have found favor in your sight, and the thing seems right before the king, if, I, if it be pleasing in your eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamatha the Agatite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are all in the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come upon my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen, uh, to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews, as it liketh you in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. Come on now. Then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month. That is the month seven on the three and twentieth day thereof. And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews and to the lieutenants and the deputies and rulers of the provinces which are from India unto Ethiopia a hundred and twenty and seven provinces unto every province according to the writing thereof and unto every people after their language and to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language and he wrote in the king Ahasuerus name and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by post on horseback and riders on mules camels and young dromedaries wherein the king granted the Jews which were in every city to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Upon one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, the copy of the writing for the commandment was to be given in every province was published unto all people, and that the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So the posts that rode upon mules and camels went out, being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment, and the decree was given at Shushan the palace. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white. Look what happened, Brad. Not only did he get uh, promoted, but God uh, advanced everything about him. He became the part of the king's right-hand man. God equipped him when he got there. He clothed him when he got there, and he made him uh, into this image, right? 
And with a garment of fine linen and purple, and the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor, and in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Wow. So chapter 9. Now in the twelfth month, that is the month Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. So the Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their hurt. So in other words... God gave the Jews the right to go back and give revenge themselves on their enemies. And no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon all the people. Isn't that amazing? And by the way, that is one thing that we're lacking in the church today is the fear of the Lord. We really do need a fear of the Lord. And all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai waxed greater and greater. Thus the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword and slaughter and destruction and did what they would unto those that hated them. And in Shushan the palace, the Jews slay, slew and destroyed 500 men. Now, I just want to pause and say something because I'm feeling this in my spirit. Now, it's not every chance now that we have a chance to give revenge upon our enemies. So we have to settle in our heart that we're going to trust God with our enemies and allow him to give revenge. And actually, we pray mercy on our enemies because... Uh, it will not be good for them for what they do for God's people. Amen. So let's continue in verse 7. And Pershandatha, uh, let's see here, and Dalphin, and Asapatha, and Paratha, and Aletha, and Ariditha, and Parmeshta, and Aresia, and Aridia, and Vajizatha. The ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamitha, the enemy of the Jews, slew they, but on the spoil lay they not their hand. And on that day, the number of those that were slain in Shushan the palace was brought before the king. And the king said to Esther the queen, The Jews have slain and destroyed five hundred men in Shushan the palace, and the ten sons of Haman. Wow! Isn't that sad? All of his kids were killed? Because of his evil heart. Isn't that sad? Uh, the ten sons of Haman, what they have done in the rest of the king's provinces. Now what is your petition? And it shall be granted thee. Or what is your request further? And it shall be done. Wow. You talking about favor. That is favor. Then said Esther, if it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan, to do tomorrow, also according to this day's decree, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged on the gallows. 
And the king commanded it to be done. And the decree was given at Shushan, and they hanged Haman's ten sons. For the Jews that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the fourteenth day also of the month Adar, and slew three hundred men at Shushan. But on the prey they laid not their hand. But the other Jews that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives, and had rest from their enemies, and slew of their foes seventy and five thousand, but they laid not their hands on the prey. On the thirteenth day of the month, Adar, and on the fourteenth day of the same rested day, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews that were at Shushan assembled together on the thirteenth day thereof, and the fourteenth day thereof. And on the fifteenth day of the same day they rested, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the fourteenth day of the month Adar a day of gladness and feasting, and a good day, and of sending portions one to another. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both night and far, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month Adar, and the fifteenth day the same yearly. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. <laughs> that sounds like Christmas, doesn't it? And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun and as Mordecai had written unto them. Because Haman, the son of Hamatha, the Agatite, the enemy of all the Jews, had devised against the Jews to destroy them, and had cast her, that is, the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head, and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. Now, I know there's a lot of people that do that in prayer, and I'm just, I'm not really convinced that that's the way of the Lord. When they say, return it unto them. What they're doing unto me, you know, they call it reverse to curse. Return it unto them. But I just have this uh, feeling, you know, that we should not do that because uh, I had a once wise woman tell me this, not to do reverse to curse because the people that are releasing those curses doing that to you, it's demons. It's demons using them. So why would we want that? curse that they're releasing out of their mouth to turn around and come on them. If you have ever seen someone that speaks curses against people, you see it does it already. Did you know that, Brad? Uh, people that do that and they destroy destinies with their mouth, it does. It comes back on them. And it's, it's not good for them. And so, I just don't think we should do reverse the curse today. But I mean, that's between you and the Lord, you know. Okay, so. Okay, so. Wherefore, verse 26, they called these days Purim after the name of Pure. Therefore, for all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter and which had come unto them, 
the Jews ordained and took upon them and upon their seed and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it would shall not fail, that they would keep these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year, and that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city, and that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Then Esther the queen, because we know that the Jews actually still celebrate that to this day. Then Esther the queen, Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihel and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with all authority to confirm the second letter of Purim. And he sent the letters unto all the Jews to the hundred twenty and seven provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus with words of peace and truth to confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matters of fastings and their cries. And the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim and it and it was written in the book. Okay, chapter 10 in our last chapter of Esther. And the king Ahasuerus laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea, and all the acts of his power and of his might, and the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai, whereunto the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Medea and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was next unto King Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews, and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people, and speaking peace to all his seed. Isn't that amazing? For Mordecai the Jew was next unto King Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews, and accepted the multitude of his brethren seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. That is pretty amazing. So, Brian, what are some of the things that we can take away from Esther? Number one that we can take away from the book of Esther is that nothing is impossible with God. Your genealogy, your DNA, your past, uh, what people expect of you, anything. You can do and become anything as long as you obey the Lord. Because the Lord has written for you a book before time that describes what his greatest plan and purpose for your life is. And I believe Esther was able to finish that plan. And she came to a crossroad where she had to decide, Am I going to give up my life for my destiny? Am I going to give up my life for my country? And for my people and she made the choice to obey the Lord even at the cost of her own life and Mordecai he even did the same when he saved the king and he told the king of the plots he told the king of the plots of the enemy and what ended up happening uh, the enemy was I mean uh, the king was saved and then the king turned in the end the king turned around and blessed him greatly bright. All right, and so what else can we take from this? Haman, the situation with Haman, if you got somebody stabbing you in the back, pray about it, trust the Lord, he will take care of it. Justice is mine, says the Lord. Uh, 
just follow the process. When you think about Esther, uh, she had to go through a whole year of process to get ready to even go before the king. She had to sit in all these oils and be beautified and all these things just to even become worthy enough to even be considered. So, I mean, I imagine it was great, but it may not have been great all the time. But she had to succumb to the process just like we do. Whenever God has a destiny for our life, we have to go through the process. These people that just want to go past the process, they're not going to make it because the, the devil will take them out or they will be walk off into deceit or something like that. They have to be healed, purified, tested, tried in the desert uh, for God to use them because he has to know their heart. They have to come out of that cocoon. If you, if you pass up that cocoon process, you're setting yourself up for failure. Amen. Now, let me tell you something, Brad. Uh, when I went back through my previous Bible study from last year, I thought I had finished Second Chronicles, but come to find out, I did not. So I finished First Chronicles. So on the next little time that we do of this Bam In Your Face Devil Bible Study, we're going to go back and we're going to finish Second Chronicles. And then after we finish Second Chronicles, guess what the next book is, Bride? Oh, you know this is going to be good. Job. Job is the next book. But obviously, Second Chronicles is very interesting because I have a lot of it highlighted. So I don't know what the Lord has showed me in there, but he has obviously sent me there. Uh, many times to study things so it's going to be a very exciting book as well so the next time that we do this bam in your face devil bible study we will go to second chronicles all right bride well i pray that this has blessed you and i'm sure i'll be live um, again soon okay so god bless